this is your weekly installment of Let Us Be Idiots with your host, Matteo Pascale. And this mini-series is wrapping up, not wrapping up, but continuing with the Frank Terranova saga. And today's episode's update for what I got going on in my life is, um, whenever it's posted, I, uh, whenever you're listening to this, um, and when I said whenever it's posted, I recently, uh, starred in a student film. I was, a uh, part of in a group project in my film school endeavors and um i just got recently sent the copy without the credits and it looks like fantastic shit on my part mm, sorry guys i'm not retaking this but anyway i really i star in it i look amazing i don't mean look like my acting is good so when you uh so when the public sees my acting in this film i'll only give the title of the short it's called duality an adaptation of steppenwolf it's some great stuff on my part, I guess to toot my own horn. The reason why this is being uploaded on a Monday instead of a Thursday, because I had three different guests that was um, booked the last week that all canceled last minute, so I didn't want to upload too much, I spread it out. That's why I decided to upload um, this part three of the Thorain Terranova sagas on the, um, it's... Pr- what would be presumed as the normal upload for a regular episode and not a saga or miniseries? It's mainly because I have to spread things out. I only got a stockpile of limited material, so I got to record more. So with that that being said, I am going to kick it and let the Frank Terranova Saga Part 3 of this miniseries roll. And on today's episode, I was really focusing and thinking about past shows I produced that I think were groundbreaking for levels of insanity. And one of the first shows that comes to mind is something I helped produce in January of 2019. At the time, I did the audio and video recording for a show produced by Phil987. He uh, he booked me to do it, the recording of it. And the clip I'm at to play is of Frankie T, Frank Terranova, and Phil987 doing stand-up back-to-back, hosted by Johnny HPV. I used to have the clip on my website and YouTube channel, but I took it down for some technical reasons. In the past, it had around 2,000 views, but I just feel like I shouldn't re-upload content I took down. It's one of my principles. So I'm recycling the content and uh, just to show you and present... Some truly uh, offensive material. Let Us Idiots presents the most offensive 12 minutes. So give it up for not only a great comedian, but also a great friend. Phil987 here. Thank you. That's something about me. So I put the sex in sexual harassment. Anyone here concerned about these uh, assault weapon bans that Congress are trying to pass? Doesn't affect me, really. Because uh, I know the government won't try to get their hands on my cock. <laughs> my, uh, you know, my sexual assault weapon. Uh, semi-automatic, by the way. <laughs> So I, I, I feel like I, I'm having a problem now, like picking up women these days, right? Because uh, they, they give men mixed messages too much. Like, when I talk to them, 
Their words tell me go away, but when I look in her eyes, it says rape me. I have to constantly explain to them, it's Phil987, not help me. <laughs> I've been a lot of, uh, been on like a couple of awkward dates for, the, for, for a while. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the same experience with just about almost every girl I went out with, right? They all ask me the same annoying questions, like, Phil, why are you wearing a mask? <laughs> how did you play this in my apartment? <laughs> yeah, me and my ex, we both like to get really kinky in bed. Like, she enjoys it when I choke her, and I enjoy stabbing her. <laughs> Alright. Sounds like a good crowd. Let's get to the next one. <laughs> hey, uh, you guys ever think about this too? Like, like, you ever wonder if gay is short for got AIDS yet? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not only that homophobic uh, in case anyone like, thinks so. Like, my favorite parade is the gay pride one. Because after all, gay pride comes before the gay fall. Uh, I'm drug free, anyone else? Like, uh, I don't really care about them, but like, I don't do, like, I don't smoke crack or heroin or anything like that. You know, the, the hard stuff. I, I, yeah, I don't touch those for obvious reasons. I don't support black businesses. <laughs> So in my apartment, I have three black roommates. It's pretty great, man. And the best part of all is because I get to sleep in the master's bedroom. <laughs> I think the cure to cancer is to make women stop talking so much somehow. All right, like, uh, hear me out on this. Like, I used to believe that uh, you uh, cell phones was what give you cancer. Anyone else used to think that? I used to thought that, but uh, then I found out the truth. That's not the cell phone giving me the cancer. That's the that's the bitch on the other end of the line. Churches fail. There's no father to pray to. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's probably in my niche. I'm pretty sure. I learned that uh, Ebonics is what they call a, a black language. That makes sense to me because I only understood three fifths of what they're talking about. Uh, <laughs> 
Black privilege. I actually don't like it when uh, people say the N-word around black guys who I know personally, you know? I'm like, hey, cut it out. That's my property you're talking to. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So people wonder, like, because uh, I do, all, I talk about rape a lot. People ask me, Phil, you ever get worried about AIDS or anything? I said, no. I don't get AIDS in, anymore. I've, uh, I've actually passed that. I've transcended it. It doesn't affect me anymore. Now, now I just give AIDS. <laughs> yeah, the, the paradigm has been shifted. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Keep it going for Phil 987. <laughs> I like that guy. Oh, man. Feels great. Yeah, keep it going. Don't listen to no, the girls. Right? <laughs> you, don't, you, you don't own this, this show. Uh, the other day, somebody told me that they thought Obama's daughters were hot. I was like, come on. I've been saying that for years. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think white guys have a, a really bad taste in uh, other races, attractiveness. I think it's true, because like, when I'm at the gym, I think every Indian girl at the gym is hot. And I know that's probably not true, but to me it is. <laughs> and there's always somebody who's like of that persuasion that feels like he wants to put me in my place. There's always some guy who's like, my friend, you think she's beautiful? In my country, she's nothing. <laughs> At Blink Fitness, she's giving me a hard on. <laughs> Go back to your country. I don't know if you guys heard, but they're opening up another Chick-fil-A in Manhattan. Yeah, I, I gotta admit, I, I, I got mixed feelings about it. Cause uh, I'm a vegetarian, but I hate faggots. <laughs> so you can see why I'm torn. Um, you know, even if I was gay, I would never act on it. You know, I'm that Italian. I would just live in pain, you know? I would uh, have sex with a woman, uh, throw up immediately, and then go online and chat up a twink. That would be my life. I throw up now, but not, not because I'm not attracted to women, just because I don't like them personally. <laughs> and, you know, as a race. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, Oprah Winfrey's talking about buying the Los Angeles Clippers. Which doesn't make any sense, because she's a fat cunt. <laughs> I, uh, I took this girl back to my apartment the other night, and uh, as soon as we got there, as soon as we got through the door, I proceeded to look her asshole. <laughs> so afterwards, she said to me, why did you start with that? I said, because your face is a fucking atrocity. <laughs> What else is going on? Oh, <laughs> uh, here's something. I took this girl to meet my grandmother. I said, uh, take a good look at her, because when I get done with her, she's gonna look like a glazed vanilla crow. Ew. <laughs> she said, what do you mean by that, Frankie? I said, I'm gonna come on ahead, Grandma. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
guys don't like family humor? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not landing these jokes with two fucking broads in the in the car. <laughs> the other day, somebody was telling me uh, they don't think we'll ever have a vegan pedophile. You know, because they have a lot of self control. <laughs> I think that's true because I'm a vegan and I would never have sex with an underage girl, even though I really, really want to. <laughs> Come on, you ever been on the bus at three o'clock? <laughs> Small hands. I mean, everybody wants to have sex with teenage girls. That's why it's illegal. Latinas age well. White girls fall apart at 26. Except, uh, I don't know what, especially Irish ones. They age like raisins. <laughs> Thanks for ripping my thing, uh, Ryan D. <laughs> oh, I heard uh, they're gonna let the first woman join the Boy Scouts. You heard about that? They're finally gonna let a woman join the Boy Scouts. I think that's great. Now for once, women are gonna know what it's like to get molested in the woods. <laughs> Equality, I support it. I support the Me Too movement. I have my own movement, I'm sorry. It's called Me Don't Give a Shit. <laughs> Phil wrote that one. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder what I would do if I ever had a gay son. You ever think about that? Because I don't know if you guys know this or not, but uh, normal people can have gay kids. Did you know that? I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't throw them out or nothing like that, like some of these animals. You know, some people find out their son is gay, they throw them out of the house. Not me. I don't want my son sucking dick at the Javits Center. He's gonna do it in his room. With the door closed. And the music turned up. I don't need to hear that shit. <laughs> Very open-minded. You guys got the wrong impression of me. You know, you see an Italian guy extremely good-looking in a tracksuit right away, you think I hate everybody. <laughs> it's not easy being a straight white guy anymore. You know, you gotta be twice as talented as chicks, gays, and uh, light-skinned black people. Black skin, dark-skinned black people still have it fucked up. That I admit. They're just like Italians. <laughs> I'm almost done. Yeah. Uh, all right. Are you really gay? Me? Uh, yeah. Well, sometimes. Uh, nice knowing you. <laughs> Age is making a comeback. Getting out the herd, baby. All right, how can I close out this set big? I, I live in a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood. And you know what I'm starting to know? Puerto Ricans sexualize their own children. It's true. I saw a girl in my neighborhood the other day wearing turquoise spandex. Couldn't be any older than eight. Now here's the most disturbing part about this. She had a great ass. <laughs> it's sad though, because you know in four years when she starts popping out the kids, it's just gonna go straight to shit. Listen, you guys been great. That's my time. Keep it going for Johnny HBV. Recording, yeah. What what is this? A handsome contest? Yeah, it is. Yeah. What's up, guys? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. So I was, we, me and um, uh, Mooch were talking about how I thought he worked for the EPA, but it, he corrected me uh, off the air and said he worked for the um, Port Authorities or whatever. That's right. Worked for the Port Authority because they know I'm smart. So uh, can you tell the story about the guy? 
Oh yeah, I mean, I worked at the Brooklyn Piers, which is like, which is like old school mafioso, and I, I would drive around because I was the environmental guy, and like there would be these guys like just tanning on the piers, like with like the metal reflecting thing. We were in like Gucci shoes, and I'm like, you're not a construction worker in those shoes. They're like, hey, we're just trying to get a tan, you know? I want to be, uh, I gotta look good for the wife. I'm like, your wife's probably four hundred pounds. <laughs> Yeah, your boy's hey, been short hair. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen I haven't seen the mooch in months. I know, I know. I've been MIA. I've just been jerking off. Wait, wait. Your, your girlfriend's got a muzzle on you? Well, uh, no, because I eat pussy, so that just kind of would be, you know, <laughs> like that, that's just beyond the point. But I do have a chastity belt, which is gets my dick rock hard. Interesting. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So, where did you attain this chastity belt? Uh, uh, Stamps.com. Yeah. Uh, they have a they have a dark web uh, dark a dark web browser. Yeah. 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 They call it chainmail. They call it chainmail <laughs> because it's, it's chainmail chastity belt. Yeah. Yeah. Mateo, Mateo, when you put when you post this, you only post audio, right? Yeah, only audio. I think putting a video of the log is incredibly tacky looking. I was wondering because I was like, "What?" So every time we do this, I'm worried about how I look. I'm like, "For what?" He doesn't even post it. <laughs> no, I'm I like, just I just find people when they upload the video portion of these Zoom logs to be so tacky and like unprofessional looking. Just put out the audio, in my view, make you look nice, give it a nicer look or sound. Okay. Yeah. So, being we're not going to post this, I could just start it off. Yeah, I can add sound effects in. <laughs> Nah, dude, you'll get caught. Like those, the best part about the quarantine are all the dudes getting caught sniffing panties, jerking off on video during school. That you know, this is like one of the most vulnerable times in American history. If in my American history, this is the 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 pandemic has been really serious. I mean, it's a serious thing. But all the news talks about is David Letterman being mean to Britney Spears twenty years ago. <laughs> I know. I know. And, it's and such a weird dynamic. They have like nothing to cover. I'm trying to make sense out of it. I'm like, all right, it's an escape. It's escapism. It's entertainment. Well, I, I but it's, a, it's a leading they, story. Well, they failed at killing her or making her kill herself 20 years ago. So they're yeah. like, well, let's try it again. We need we need a celebrity death here. Me, me two stories have become, oh, my boyfriend was mean to me. More oh, or less, yeah. yeah. The Meryl Manson stuff was pretty, the pretty gruesome, was, the though. Whole thing with, the whole thing with Shia LaBeouf is a non-story. It's I don't know why he got fired from, from, from work. Just because he was like, he's crazy and he threatened to shoot her dog. He wasn't really going to shoot her dog. He just, you say a lot of things when you're in bed at night with your girlfriend. Probably, you know? but what about Meryl Manson? He was, I've read those court documents and they are, oof. He was, but, but everything, I think, was pretty consensual. It was, but it also like from a lot of BDSM activists came out saying he crossed the line in certain territories. I wouldn't know, but that's what they said. Certain, like yeah, certain, well, like online prominent BDSM people. It's, it's like, but, but you you look at that guy and you're like, well, yeah, of course he touches people. <laughs> I mean, like he wears he wears colored contacts. Like, yeah, you, you, right, like. I, I don't really, I don't really have a lot of sympathy for anybody who would date Marilyn Manson. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I do agree in that one. You know what you're getting into. It's, it's like, it's like someone. Like, watch, in like a couple months, someone's gonna be like, uh, 
Charles Manson molested me. It's like, yeah, he also killed six people. Like that already happened. That, that, that already happened like a million years ago, like five minutes. When once upon time Hollywood came out. Right? Shannon Tate's Shannon Tate's sister is gonna be like, I just have something to say about Charlie Manson and how he's just a predator. It's like <laughs> sexually or you know. We should be worried about people that are that these ugly ass people like Doc Ansel's, like the Tiger King guy, who just has a cult. Yeah, pretty of much. Women. Yeah. No one talks about that guy because he has a ponytail. Yeah, I know. I saw something interesting last night on Bill Maher. He, he was he had Megan Kelly on. Yeah. And and she was saying she pulled her kids out of schools because the schools in New York are teaching eight year old kids to question whether they're trans or not. Oh, what about the whole like the 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 white spectrum thing where it's like you got to be an anti-abolitionist you got to be a white like there's all these different levels of being white yeah and it's yeah. like oh this isn't this isn't racist at all i what i heard from the pbs news that that like that um that curriculum in that school was thrown out immediately once it was brought into the media's attention if Good. i had kids if i had kids i would put them in catholic school it's the only way they're going to get a normal education. Yeah, yeah it's the only way they're no, going to get a normal education. That. I do like either that or um, it's hard to explain how I'm thinking about it. Like, my school, my schooling was weird. My friend had kids recently, and he's like, "I'm raising my kids in Manhattan. I don't want them to be like these kids." I'm like, "Well, just put them in Catholic school then." Uh, then yeah, they, let them get molested like the normal kids. Like, no, like, nobody's getting molested. You know, that, that's <laughs> fucking bullshit. I, I, I went to Catholic school. I, I worked with priests. I was an altar boy. They never touched me. Well, <laughs> that's because you were trying too hard, Frank. You were like, <laughs> volunteering. Anyway. You're volunteering. Yeah, you're they want the kids. They want the kids that are not into it. They're like, yeah, they want guy? the ones who are not into it so there can be doubt. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I should be insulted. Maybe they didn't find me attractive. I don't know what yeah, it is. Probably. It's like that Always Sunny episode where he's like, "Why did I get blown?" <laughs> Yo, you uh, still you still making beats? I am. Yeah. I have am. you heard? You ever heard mine? No, I haven't. Oh, I, I have a sound. And that's like a, a band camp with them off. I'll send them to him later. Is is yeah, making the band, is it hard to make a band camp? It's very easy. It's it's very very easy. I've been what, getting. I've been getting super into indie music. Yeah. Like uh, Girl Pool yeah. and, and Frankie Cosmos and, yeah. and Angel Olsen. I'm really into Ooh, Angel Olsen? Is that another no, Olsen twin? No. She, um, let me tell you something. Not only is her music good, she's fucking gorgeous. Well, I mean, I mean, only, only, like, I feel like. You know what's crazy? Whenever I see a girl that's super hot and it could also sing, I'm just like, ooh. That's a double that's a double whammy. That's like mm. talent, talent, brains, and hot. How, yeah. What do you do? That's like too intimidating. Yeah, yeah. Well, it also, like, it's like I see people, they have good hair, they can sing good, and they're in good shape. It's like you have too much good shit going on. You need to brag in your life. <laughs> yeah. And anyway. I, I just thought... I just bought uh, an electric guitar. Oh, really? Should I teach you? You are you know how to play? Yeah, I've been taking lessons online. Interesting. On YouTube. Yeah. What do your What do your fingers look like, Frank? You got you got those you got skinny, lengthy fingers. 
I got big hands. Yeah. yeah I can't play the guitar. I can't even. You're I a have a double. Jointed, that's like a bass hand. I have a double jointed pinky. So when I when I you don't really have to use the pinky that often, but when you do, I have a problem. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. I have a double jointed pinky, but I just started playing. I can't play songs yet, but I'm learning like the D chord, and the A chord, and the E chord. I'm like, I'm just going on YouTube and learning. I bought a Telecaster on uh, eBay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you have an amp for it or like a particular? Yeah, I, I spent. I got a I got a a Telecaster for three hundred and twenty nine dollars, and I got an amp for seventy five. May I ask do you do you use or do you not use a pedal? No pedals. No. Okay. No, I don't use. I only play clean. I don't use distortion or nothing. I only have a distortion and a blues. I pedal. wanna. I wanna. As soon as I'm able to like write something, I'm gonna start a band camp. Yeah. It's, we should. It's good. We, it's really good. Well, if, and you know, if you're. I don't know what door I should use because I'm on Windows, so I can't use GarageBand. You should use Ableton if it's if, if you have the money. Ableton is is specifically for electronica. Yeah, no, Are I'm saying like, in? what if you what if you record and just edit it for you because I have a Mac and send it back to you. Let me ask you a question. Um, Audacity, that's not really a door, right? It is and it isn't. It depending on it depends on what you're doing. Like, for, it's good for like. Audio narrative podcasting, like you were doing, or um, it's also really good for like um, it's better for piano than it is for like string instruments. You can't you can't do songs on there. No. How about yeah? It's like, it's like a Adobe audition. Uh, Adobe I'm trying audition. to decide. I'm trying to decide between Mixcraft and and um, Cakewalk. Uh, uh, Steve was pretty uh, uh, was pretty accurate, but there's Adobe Audition, which is pretty affordable. Yeah. Adobe Audition is hard to use, though. I, I have it. I'm going to buy uh, an AKG mic, and I'm going to buy um, one of those uh, solo uh, Opus right things. Yeah. Plug the guitars and the mics into And we'll see what happens. I'm going to be like the new Billy Bragg. <laughs> did you, uh, Frank, did you get any feedback on your, on your script submission? I haven't, sent, uh, I haven't sent anything out in a long time. You said the, the the brothers on the 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 one you sent me on Facebook. Oh, they're gonna let me know. They didn't ask for a script. They just uh, you just had to uh, introduce yourself and say what your plan is. Okay. And uh, they said, "What do you think the hardest part about being Italian American is? What are the obstacles?" I said, "Well, the way we're portrayed by Spike Lee." <laughs> <laughs> this is a real true, and I plan on getting touch with very soon as well. And uh, they they let you know April first. April first. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This much uh, the the Russo brothers who who I didn't even know about other than I knew about their independent film from a long time ago. I knew about their independent film. I didn't even know they directed all these Marvel movies. Yeah, no, they da- they have, the, but they're on their. They're bigger they're than all- Scorsese. They're more. They're bigger than Scorsese. These guys. Yeah, the Russo brothers. A lot of their Marvel films are in collaboration with other directors. So it'd be them with so and so and so and so and like. Four or five directors in one film, but they directed uh, Endgame. Yes, they did. They directed Endgame and the first few of the Iron Men and Captain America. Yes. So they they directed the biggest film of all time. Endgame is the biggest film of all time. Yes, it is. So being they're Italian American and they directed Endgame, they are the most successful Italian American directors in the world. Pretty much at this point, uh, both money wise and profit wise. Yes. They're bigger, the they're liberals. Bigger, the liberals will tell us that we didn't make these movies. 
Yeah. They're bigger than Scorsese. They're bigger than Coppola. Yeah, pretty much. By media standpoints, marketing, merchandising, all of it. I like that they're Italian. That makes me feel good. Good. Yeah. Makes me feel good, too. It makes me feel really good about all those families we killed with Christopher Columbus. You know, that really makes up for it. <laughs> if it wasn't for Christopher Columbus, we wouldn't have Endgame, guys. Yeah. I'm making my film. I'm making my film in 2021. No, 2022. Because the pandemic is still going strong. I can't. I can't use a bar. I can't use a nightclub. I can't use a school. Can't use nothing right now. Yeah, I know. So I, I do hope. think you're going to make the film. I really do feel like it's going to happen. And then I wrote a second film about uh, my high school uh, girl I dated in high school. I wrote another. I finished that one. Yeah. And now I'm adapting an Elmore Leonard novel. Oh, uh, who's whose novel? Elmore Leonard, the guy who wrote Jackie Brown. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got it. I'm yeah, adapting yeah. one of his novels. That's like a new project. I got to keep working. I got to keep busy. I got to keep working on stuff. So, are these going to be features or are they going to be... I knew you're writing plays. Features. Okay, nice. Yeah. One, thing I don't, one thing I don't ever want to do is television because I don't like long-form storytelling. Neither do I. I. It drags on and on and you don't know when to end it. I just finished watching A Teacher. Yeah. And I don't understand what the conflict was. The girl was 27. The boy was 18. That isn't against the law, isn't it? That's not against the law. It's is it? not, but it's against the the teacher's con conduct of contract. She went to jail for that. Yeah, that's yeah. retarded. I I thought I was so aggravated. By the time that that script ended, I went online and I posted on IMDb saying that I didn't think there was anything wrong with what she did, and they wouldn't they wouldn't even put it up. They wouldn't even put up my opinion. <laughs> you know what? You know what? This this whole cancel culture thing. Leave the boys in school getting laid out of it. Come on. When I was a kid, I was asking for it. I was staying <laughs> after school. I'm like, please, someone. I won't say anything. <laughs> did you watch? Did you watch this series, Eight Teacher? Uh, no. no, I have not. You got you got to watch it. You have to watch it. That not only is the teacher young, she's fucking like the most hottest thing you've ever seen in your life. Okay. She, She's played by Kate Mara, who's like she was on uh, Entourage. Okay, she was on. Um, she was in. Uh, she was in the uh, House of Cards too. Yeah, yeah she Cards. was. Yeah, so it's a Netflix show. She's so, she's so. You know what? She married Billy Elliot. Oh, the guy who, who played Billy Elliot. She married the guy who played Billy Elliot. No <laughs> wonder she's making or, wait, movie or Broadway. Uh. <laughs> No, no wonder she's uh, playing all these hot bitches. She's horny because she's married to a guy with no sex appeal. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's married you to Billy. Billy, 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 Billy with an IE? Yeah. And before he was married to her, he was married to Marilyn Manson's ex-girlfriend, Evan Rachel Wood. This guy gets a lot of girls. Yeah, I know. Oh, he, gets, he gets the sloppy seconds, apparently. I think, I think girls like guys who are very gay. I, I do agree. They like because gay they're, Because they're safe. Yeah, like Timothy Timothy Chalamet is he even does he even have a penis? I don't know. I don't uh, think he does. I, I want to see the proof. Yeah, I know. He's definitely yeah. got like patchy pubes, at least. You know, yeah, like not yeah. even full grown pubes. Or he, he makes it. He makes the guy from the Notebook look like Charles Bronson. <laughs> oh, you mean? Oh, you mean? What's his name? Uh, what's that? Yeah, Brian. What's that guy's name? Brian something. Yeah, Gosling. Well, he, makes Ryan, love he makes Ryan Gosling look like Steve McQueen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Timothy Chalamet is so gay, man. Yeah. This is his last name, Chalamet. It's like, it's like Chalamet. Chalamet. He has a, Chalamet. I think he has a chin implant. 
I, I, I think that kid needs the that kid. He's the type of person that will act all tough, and then gets arrested and cries. Like <laughs> he, he needs to get punched or something. I guarantee he's got big ass nipples. Yeah, no chest muscles and big ass nipples. When when do you think comedy's going to be back? Because uh, movie movies are back now. Uh, I don't know. Comedy, I don't know. I feel like movies are back. Big, it, movies movies start Friday. Friday, you can go to the movies Friday. I know, and there's I looked, and there's really nothing I want to see coming out. I, I, I everything that you want to see, you can see online. I know well, exactly. I miss going. I miss going to the movies so much. It's it's that was like the, my only thing that I like to do. Yes, yeah, I want to go. I want to go to the film forum, and I want to go to the quad, and I want to go to the move, museum of moving image. But those smaller theaters haven't announced their opening yet. Well, they're yeah. museum. Oh, they're they're museums. They're like archive. A lot of them. The no, two like the landmarks. Film, the film forum is an opening next week. They the big theaters are opening. The big yeah, ones. No, no, are- no, I'm saying the film forum. I, I from my understanding, is a a city landmark. So right. the, So it's like rent exempt. I think. I think they can't afford to pay people to come there and work. That's what I'm thinking. That's exactly why it's not opening. Well, I'm sure. Because how do you run a I'll work, I would work there for free if they let me watch movies. I give them ten hours a week for free if they let me watch movies. You, you, Frank. You honestly, if you really want to go to film experience, go to the go to the um, landmark film theater. Yeah, uh, uh, Lincoln Plaza. No, no, Lincoln. Lincoln Plaza closed. Lincoln Plaza closed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, R.I.P. Uh, okay, just thanks, recently, thanks, no, um, Landmark is um, on uh, 57th by the water. Oh, I don't. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I go over a lot because they have an open bar. Nice. I want yeah, to go I, back. The quad is great. The quad is one of my favorites. I saw so many classics at the quad. I like the quad, and I like anthology film archives. Do you like the draft house? Nah, that's a hipster hangout. It is. I don't like broke. I'm not into Brooklyn. Anything in Brooklyn is fucking gets. And, and it's sad for me to say that because I'm a, I'm a native, but yeah, I hate Brooklyn. I hate Brooklyn. That, that's why I had to leave. I was losing my fucking mind. Like I'm walking outside. I'm like seeing dudes on unicycles. I'm like what, what, people with the fucking septum piercings. I'm like, go back to Ohio and fuck off. You're not the Black Keys. What percent? You're, You're just a pussy. What percentage of comics left New York? About I did as like I looked at the Facebook groups. Each consistently has a three thousand people, and in the, on average, about one to three left. So that averages out to around maybe like excluding comics and actual people left the city, about eighty thousand people left the city. What percentage of people that we're friends with left? About ten percent. Ten percent of our friends left. That's not enough. What? That's not. That's not enough. We need more than ten percent to leave. So you mean everybody's still here? All the people from the creek are still here? A lot of them are. They're just not oh. active. Or oh, the comics from the pine box are still here? A lot of them are not. More of the creek people what, what, stay what from. Percentage of, what percentage of pine box comics are still here? Very, very few. Good. Let them go to Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas is the new Bushwick. Yeah, it is. Let them go to Austin, Texas. I would never go to Austin, Texas. If I ever go to Texas, I'm going to Dallas, and then I'm coming back. Yeah, Austin, Texas is like it's like Brooklyn and LA part two. Yes. Austin, Texas is like Williamsburg threw up. <laughs> yeah, Austin, Austin, Texas is like is is literally like it's like the incest child of Texas. Like they don't even want it. You know, they're trying to take away their guns. 
Yeah. Yeah. I hope uh, I hope all the comics from Bushwick that moved to Austin, Texas, get shot by a racist. I was thinking that might happen. I was literally thinking it's a rough time. Things are uneasy. It might happen. And I'm not, I don't want it to happen, but I was like, that is a very strong possibility. Maybe, maybe Brooklyn will go back to being Brooklyn again. Yeah, people it kind of is. I was in Bushwick a few nights ago. It looks very different than what it was right. last year. As in dangerous? We got well, I want to I want to send a message out to all my Boricuas out there. It's okay to move back to Bushwick. Come, it's it's okay to come back. <laughs> get on the fucking six train. Switch yeah. for the L. Get off a of fucking Myrtle and claim your territory, just like yep. the Indian. Yep. Uh, yeah. Basically, Myrtle Avenue, Murder Ave. I know Murder Ave. Yeah. I remember I, I, I remember I made a wrong turn one time. I was riding my bike and I made a wrong turn. I ended up in Brownsville and I was getting heckled. What are you doing out here? You know where you are? I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> I'm like, I grew up in New York. I grew up in New York. <laughs> it was horrifying. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of scenes, a lot of scenes now are gonna flourish, like Philadelphia and um and like uh, North Carolina and Tennessee. A lot of small comedy scenes are going to flourish. They're going to grow. They're going to get bigger. On what standing? Because there's so few people in Manhattan. Not just that. Everybody left LA as well. Yes, they did. And it's always been a fucking dumpster fire. And actually, Austin is too big now. Austin is too big a scene. It's too big. Well, they have enough land to like expo like um to like not grow upwards like this in Manhattan. LA did, but grow outwards. I think New York and LA are going to be small scenes. Yeah. Well, small, big time. Smaller. Smaller. Yeah. Absolutely. What's I'm, the way moving to, I'm moving to Stanford in like a month, like, like a month and a half, but I'm interested to see what it's going to be like out there. Connecticut? Yeah. Oh, uh, you're going to get Lyme disease. Dude, dude, no, dude, I'm going to. I'm gonna be funnier than the rich kids that just that are like, you know, what's the deal with parents not giving us allowance anymore? You know, they have good pizza up there. Yeah. So, you, oh, so Steve, you're like retiring from comedy, or you're gonna still do your show when it, like uh, things open? Well, when things open, I'm just gonna do it for fun, but I'm not gonna like pursue it like how I pursued it when I was living in the city. You know? Yeah. You know what it's, I'm gonna do? I'm gonna start from scratch. And forget about my old act. Forget about all my old jokes, and start from the very, very beginning. Because I feel like when I was doing comedy, I was too nervous about. Every time I got booked, I would go digging through my stuff because I wasn't. You know, I'm not going to dig through it anymore. I'm just going to leave it alone. Because I don't want. It's a great idea. I don't want to get up and do jokes that I wrote in 2015. I just don't want to. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel the same way. First of all. I'm I'm a different person than I was five years ago. Absolutely, I I agree for you and me as a person. I'm dramatically different than I was five years ago. Dramatically different. Yeah. Not necessarily politically. I'm still center right, but I mean, in terms, I don't want to play the Archie Bunker guy anymore. The guy who doesn't know you're not supposed to say mulatto. It's yeah. Kind of like it was, was kind of like a character that I don't want to play anymore. Yeah. No, like I, I, I was wanna, thinking, like um, like um. I'm trying to remember. Like you said, you were. I'm not going to get into that anyway. Go ahead. Okay. No, I was saying, well, you as a, like the kind of character. Like, what do you want to grow yourself into? Like, if you didn't even want to be a character anymore, what would you like your new stuff to be like? 
I want to do play a guy who attracts young girls to have sex with them. Okay. Oh, that's me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, want, I, I want I want women in the audience to not hate me. Yeah. 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 I don't know goal. if I could be funny and still make women like me, but that's a challenge. Yeah, I want to, you know, I want to appeal to these women, but not scare them. You know, like. I, <laughs> Like, I, like, I want to let them know that my door is open, but they don't have to come. I want to be, I still want, I'm still, I'm always going to be an alpha. But, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm just, you know what I'm going to do? And this is what I always did. I'm going to get up with nothing in my, nothing planned and riff on things that other people are saying. Yeah. That's, that's the way I work. The Robin Williams effect. I'm just going to go up there and just, and just fucking... I, I'm afraid that I'm gonna start yelling at people because I'm I, I I have a lot of pent up anger. <laughs> well, I'm I, really I'm really comfortable on stage, and I I honestly I honestly miss being on stage. I miss being yeah. on stage. I really I miss that feeling too. Yeah, that was yeah. I would that was I you know what I it's crazy because like open mics you would sit there for like an hour and a half for three minutes of yeah. time, and then go do four more. Well, the thing I liked about the creek in the cave was I didn't have to stay inside the room. I would go outside, and then somebody yeah. would come and tell me, Frank, it's your turn, and then I would go in. So it didn't feel like I was waiting. Dude, that was great. That was as people, I, people shit on the creek all the time, but that was a lot of fun. That was, that was. a lot of fun. It was very convenient. It, it was. was. Yeah. It was. And, and, it, and, it didn't cost, and it didn't cost anything. I know. Yeah. It, it, and just so much weed and it was so much i loved the weed and i loved the where, you, where, are, you gonna find, where are you gonna find a place that allows you to work on comedy for free and and allows you to smoke weed i know well, <laughs> then, they, then they stopped like letting you smoke in the back which was that's like, when they, oh, that, like, that's when that place went downhill yeah, yeah. i know after was, that as soon as you couldn't smoke weed there everybody stopped coming i know well, i remember I remember, but I'll say this, that when I first started doing stand-up and I would show up to the creek, it was like fucking, like, high school. I'd, people, like, would turn their backs if I tried talking to them. And I wanted to, I remember I wanted to, like, punch some people in the face because I'm like, all right, come on. You think I'm going to, and I know the whole thing was, like, they were expecting that people show up and they do comedy, like, for, like, a couple of days and then they never come back. But, like, at least, like, the people at the creek... Besides, like, a couple people that would show up every now and then, no one there was successful. No. Even the, one, even the ones that we thought were successful weren't successful. I mean, I know. the only comic that I met coming up that is, is successful is Mark Norman. I mean, he owns an apartment in Manhattan. That's success. You know, true. And you know, Dan Carney, he's, uh, he's on tour with Tim Dillon again. Yeah. Well, uh, I, if you can afford to buy an apartment in the West Village, that's success. Yes, it is. True. True. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, comedy is going to be garbage for a while until, until well, people it, start it, doing it, it again. Cancel culture is going to go after comedy with a vengeance when it comes back. I don't think oh, no, so. We're turning into I, communist Russia. I don't think so. I, I, there was an article just now from the LA Times saying that cancer culture is done with. These people hate it so much. I don't think because so. Because it's going after them. They're going, the people that are that that started it are now getting taken down. Yeah, like that's probably why people are sick of it. Yeah. 
Like the guy from The Bachelor. The guy from The Bachelor that goes, there's one more rose. He fucking is getting taken down because, like, he said something about a black girl or something like that. Or, or probably just said the girl, like, oh, yeah, oh, the first black bachelorette or something like that. And they're like, oh, excuse me? She's Jamaican. And it's like, okay. I'd like to go on a tour. I want to go on a tour of the South. Yeah, we know Daphne, Alabama. Like the Green Book? I want to go to Daphne, Alabama. I want to go to Asheville, North Carolina. I want to go to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I want to go to Atlanta. I want to go to Orlando, Florida. I want to go to Miami. I want to go to all those all those towns. The only place. So I love that your your tour of the South is just the East Coast of the South. It's just, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I'm, I'm Italian, so I stay on the East Coast. No. It doesn't yeah. make sense because on the West Coast they don't understand what I'm talking about. True. Well, it's true. But I, well, I thought you were going to say you want to do a tour of the South. I thought you were going to say like Mobile, Alabama, Mobile, or like New Orleans. Or like Shreveport, Louisiana, like some like uh, like Forks Air Force Base. Uh, I'm, I'm, th- I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, you know, like fucking Orlando, Florida, Atlanta, yeah. Georgia, Asheville, North Carolina, normal places. Yeah, dude, Shreveport, Louisiana is like is what Walmart based their design off of. It's just. <laughs> It's just like, you know, everyone's wearing a t-shirt that says like sister for sale, you know, like walking around. You know, fat. You know what's a you know what's a happening scene? Philadelphia. Not yes, just it a, is. Not Dude, just I a, love Philly. I love comedy, Philly. Comedy, but also music. It's a big music scene. Dude, Philly's the best. I really I, if people, I could live people people are moving to Philadelphia from places all over and they're having shows in their house. Really? Yeah, house shows. Yeah, you could buy a nice house, like like a like a townhouse, like a brownstone type of thing in in the city of Philly, for like four hundred grand, which would wow. be like three million in in Manhattan. It's true. Right. It's crazy. It's but, New, York, New York is retarded. In New York, like in in like a neighborhood like uh, Mass Pef Queens, which is very nice, a middle class home, a semi detached middle class home is eight hundred k. Are you crazy? That's insane. Wait, in Westchester? That should be three hundred thousand. That should be three hundred thousand. Yeah. No, but you know, why would I? Why would I spend? Why would I spend eight hundred thousand dollars on a lower middle class, uh, semi-detached home in Queens? Why would I do that? Dude, we were looking at houses in in, in Austin, which is in Westchester, for like four hundred grand, and I'm not kidding. It was like, oh, oh, this is a crack den. You mean the crack den is four hundred thousand dollars? That's like, who lived here? Fucking, like, was it? Were they film Boys in the Hood in this house? Like, it literally looked. If if you if you go if you go if you go down south, you can get a mansion for four hundred thousand. It's true. It's so true. It's like my sister's building an amazing house in Florida for four hundred thousand dollars. Meanwhile, you look in you look in uh, what's it called? Like White Plains, four hundred thousand dollars. You can buy. A Mexican or something like that. That's it. I don't know. For four hundred thousand dollars, you get a condo. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's funny you say that. Um, yeah. No, it, well, yeah, we, we looked at a, we looked at a condo, condo story. Like, like, see, you, have, like, you, have, you have a condo story? No. Well, we looked at a condo that was like three hundred eighty thousand dollars, and I swear it was uneven. Like the floor was like this, and I was like, I want. I wish I. I was going to start bringing a marble 
to these viewings because I'm like, this place doesn't seem like it's it's flat. You know if what I don't know? It's flat. It's flat. I don't, I'm like, I don't think so. What I don't like about condominiums is you buy them. Let's say you buy a condominium, you buy a studio apartment in Queens, you buy a condominium for two hundred thousand. You still have to pay maintenance every month. Yeah, HOA. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you're paying rent every month. You're paying like eight fifty a month. A lot, of the HO, a lot of the HOAs are optional, though, for, like, like depending on, like, the contract. Like, every once, three months or four months, you pay it. Or you can do monthly or weekly, depending. It's, it's expensive. Yeah, I know. But they go up every year, pretty much. Like it's, Not, it's, it, it, it depends. There's a law stating if the building's a co-op, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, the, the, it doesn't go up. I like privacy. I, my, my goal as I get older is to, like, be less around people less. Yeah. Like, I want to be. And if you live in a building, you every day you're seeing people, you're getting into the elevator with them, they're, you're putting your key in the door, you're saying good night to the person next door. I don't want to be intimate with people. I want to yeah, be like, Yeah, like the Unabomber kind of had the right idea, but a little off. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really interesting? I actually interviewed the guy who radicized the Unabomber on his podcast, and he didn't even what? know it was him until after he got arrested. Hold on, the Unabomber the FBI real quick. <laughs> oh, okay. The Unabomber made a lot of good points. I mean, I he had the right idea, but wrong execution. Yeah. Uh, wrong college. Yeah. <laughs> well, that has been everything on my bullet points we've gotten for all of them. Should we end it here or go to number 10? You have, another, you, have, you have one last bullet point? Yeah. What is Let's it? Uh, the bullet point was... um. So I was talk, uh it was about the Unabomber thing. It was a subplot because I was trying to bring it up because like I interviewed this guy named John Zerzen, who's a very active anarchist primitivist, and he okay. believes that all humanity should go back to hunter gatherism. I interviewed him a few times in this podcast. He apparently is uh somehow affiliated with the humor bomber, but it's never been disclosed how. I asked him about it once, he wouldn't answer, that's all. <laughs> Jeez, like do you know fap type of guy? No, completely opposite. But I do, no I do believe in no fap is a good idea in some instances. Uh, okay. Oh man, I was thinking of you recently. I, I, pretty- I was thinking about Mateo recently because I watched The Devil and Daniel Johnson. Uh-huh. Yeah, that guy, that guy is like the Mateo of fucking indie rock. <laughs> well, I was watching, I was watching Fantastic Beasts, and and the whole time I was thinking about Mateo going huffing and puffing my dick. <laughs> Because <laughs> that guy's in Hufflepuff, and I'm like huffing and puffing my beer. Do you think? Do you think there's going to be a new hangout in New York for comics? Uh, probably. I have a few. I have here. a few ideas. You mean the subway? <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be the place that stand-up New York is like. Let's have a show in the subway. That that will make people hate us even less. Oh my god. It's like, I couldn't even get people to come into the club. You think you're going to get people to listen on the subway? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, right. It's, it, I don't know. People like, I don't know. It, it, fuck that. That's all I'm saying is com- comedy on the subway. It's a real good way to get shot. It is. The subway's dangerous, man. I mind my own business. When I'm on the subway now, I, I see like bum, like homeless guys cursing and screaming, and I just put my nose in my book. Yeah, exactly. yeah, the subway yeah. is like the movie The Warriors now. I feel like I'm going to walk yeah, out of the train and, and like really some is. people with baseball bats are going to chase me. You know how bad it is? I, I jumped the turnstile the other day in front of two cops and they didn't even say anything. Wow. Yeah, they're like, uh, fuck this. I don't even want to be a cop. 
It's not fun anymore. Can't even sell drugs as a cop anymore. God damn it. <laughs> I have to deal with fucking serial killers on the A train. Yeah, right. It's like the Long Island serial killer still active. Just found that out. That's great. Yeah, it's true. Good thing I'm not a whore. Supposed, you know. <laughs> The, the, the Long Island serial killer, they're not even worried about him anymore. They're like, ah, he's only killing whores. Yeah. He's, like, he's killing whores from out, that are just, that are driving into Long Island. So they're like, oh, less traffic, you know? Yeah. So this, for this episode, Frank had told me that he uh, watched 15 minutes of that yesterday of uh, Eddie Murphy's new film, Coming to America 2. And I told him I was going to watch it uh, yesterday evening, which I did. And I thought it would be funny if uh, Kevin watched himself. Kevin Janeway, the other guest of this episode, as you can tell from the title. And we all uh, give our takes on it. Frank, go first. Uh, well, I only saw the first 13 minutes. Yeah. But, you know, it's great because it says pr- produced by Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Starring Eddie Murphy, based on characters created by Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Murphy. So at least we know who to blame for it. <laughs> yeah uh, no uh, uh kevin i want to know like uh, you you said on facebook an hour ago you liked it i'm i'm surprised to hear that because i watched it and i disagree heavily let's go see like black <laughs> black guys yeah of course caribbean guys but um but anyway um that's not the main reason for me uh, i'm gonna preface what i have to say okay um the original coming to america I've seen the same parts of it a lot and I've seen it out of sequence over the years on TV, but I've never seen the whole thing straight through. So uh, coming to America hours. too, I saw the whole thing straight through. Yeah. And um, Frank in the first 13 minutes, I really liked the in vogue and the salt and pepper and all that stuff coming in. Um, I thought, so for me, uh, I really like Eddie Murphy's ability to disappear into all those characters and you all are not saying this, but this is what I put on Facebook. A lot of people who are not comedians, who uh, don't, don't do comedy, don't edit comedy, don't write comedy, are just being like really critical of it. And I think it's a lot better than anything I've seen like Ben Stiller or Russell Brand or people like that do. And no one threw them any shade. And all these people are throwing all kinds of shade to somebody who can do voices characters accents i'm not talking about what frank said but like the stuff i see on social media yeah well i only saw 13 minutes but you know i just it's a hard thing to pull off because it's like 30 years after the first one 30 years later it's a very broad film it's african he looks so different he looks so i mean we we look different 30 years than we any any of us are going to look different 30 years later the first movie is so good it is. Really? It might be his best movie. I think it is. It's up there. I think and, like- you know, he was very brave to do it. Yeah. But uh, also, it was kind of like, just come up with a new idea, do a new character. Why Why we? Every time he does a sequel, it's not good. He did a sequel to, to 48 Hours. It wasn't good. He did a sequel to Beverly Hills Cop. It wasn't good. Yep. Now he did a sequel to, he likes to do sequels to all his movies that are very, very loved. And, and Frank, those are those are movies that were actually good movies. Whereas, like the Clumps, 
I felt like that was made off like him doing characters and it was, I didn't see that one. I had no desire to see that one or like Dr. Doolittle 2 or some of those I didn't have a desire to see because I yeah. felt like those were written around his ability to do characters, but they want like interesting storylines. What about Norbit? That's like an all time favorite garbage film for me. But you know what it is? Mo, I, I think in general, yeah. sequels, sequels are not a good idea. No. I, they very, very rarely work. What about I, Godfather 2? Godfather 2 was great, but the reason Godfather 2 was great is it was made a year later. And yeah. it was also, there was a lot left over in the book that they, that they didn't do in the first one. So it was almost like the sequel was, made, was supposed to happen. It wasn't like they made up a new story. It was in the book. Everything in Godfather 2 was in the, in the yeah. novel. So it's like almost like they only made half the novel in Godfather 1. So they still had more left over to do. And they did it very quickly. They did it a year later. But um, Godfather 2 is actually better than 1. I agree. I do agree. So, well, Kevin, I, uh, I, I was thinking about... Oh, sorry, Frank, you were saying? Francis Ford Coppola is also a genius. You know... I trust him more than I trust anybody. And actually, Godfather 3 is not really terrible. It's just not as good. I do agree with that one. I do. It's, yeah. actually, it's actually brilliant at times. Yeah. It really is. So, Kevin, I wanted to ask you, because if you, I read your post. How did you, like, did, you were talking about characters a lot in your Facebook post. Did you watch Borat 2? Not yet. I'm supposed to. And that's okay. another one where I haven't seen the first one yet. Well, so, it depends because there are there's like Bruno, Ali G. So it depends on where you, you what the first one really is to you. So is is Borat the second one? Is it yeah, no, Borat's the second one, but the other spinoff characters are the same like universe. I know they existed, and I've seen Sasha Baron Cohen and okay. other stuff, but I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen Borat two yet. I think comedies comedies don't work anymore. I don't know. It depends. Cause like with Eddie Murphy, I like how he, um, like when I see him or Robin Williams or Jim Carrey, certain other people, I'm like, Oh, that's why they got $20 million. And these other people didn't. Um, but like when I see, um, certain other people, I'm like, how, how did they get that? <laughs> like, I don't know, but comedy is hard to pull off. It is. And, and when it doesn't work, it's painful to watch. It is. Absolutely. So I watch, whenever I put on a comedy, see, there's a lot of content now. So we have a lot of choices. When, yeah. I, was up, when I was growing up, HBO gave you one movie at a certain time and you, you didn't shut it off because that's all you got. But now there's like so much content. So I put something on and within 15 minutes, if I don't like it, I shut it off. Yeah. And I move. Yeah, it's how, it's how you uh, uh, stay young. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to waste my time watching a crappy movie. Yeah, no. But yeah, you're right. You're right. I feel you. But there's a lot of good stuff out there. I mean, I've been watching... Kevin, I don't know if you're on Letterboxd, the website Letterboxd. It's really good. You would like it. It's good for film, for film fans. It is. It's a social networking site where you just log in the movies you watch. And I've seen a lot of good stuff lately. I saw this one movie called... Um, it was about teenagers. Uh, what was it called again? There's like an Indian girl in it. You know what I'm talking about? I think so. What year was it made? Uh, it's called Young Hearts. It was made last yes, year. It was Michael Sarah, right? No, not Michael Sarah. It's called Young Hearts. It was uh, with uh, produced by the Duplass brothers. 
Okay. But uh, okay. new actors in it. Really good movie. Okay. It's about an interracial romance, a white kid and an Indian girl in yeah. Portland. Is it a comedy or a drama? Uh, I would say drama. Okay. I liked it a lot. So, you know, A Promising Young Woman is great. Yeah. And Never Really Always Sometimes is great. There's a lot of great movies this year. You were. It wasn't, it wasn't a bad year. Some of, the sun, was, so, some of the Sundance films, they put the YouTuber abysmal. Yeah. I recently watched Bombshell. I didn't like it. Oh, really? Was that? I saw that one twice. Like, I don't like Fox News, obviously. But oh, like, I know what you're talking I about. Yeah. I, liked, I thought it was well done. Yeah. I thought uh, the, the, pro, the, the makeup was so fake. Really? Yeah. And that's, and that's another thing I didn't like about Coming to America. They used the same technology that they used for the Irishman to make Eddie Murphy young. Really? I, I didn't realize that. And yeah, because in the flashback scene. It was so bad. Interesting. So, Ken, I might want to ask you this. Like, what was, like, your big... I don't know, like... but, yeah, I was... Yeah, Kevin? Oh, I'm sorry, go on. No, I was like, what was your, like, like role? You It was, like, your big point to get a SAG card. I was just wanted to know. You're talking to me here about Eddie Murphy. You. He's still okay, in, the rain, was... in the rain three times. Yeah, I was, uh, I was an AFTRA member. I became AFTRA because okay. I was... Uh, in this TV show called The Beautiful Life that was produced by Ashton Kutcher. And it was about Misha Barton was in it and she played some model who was on drugs. And people said that she was doing that in real life, right? Yeah. But I got to play a reporter. I was in the background. Got and it. that made me uh, uh, after a must join. And then I worked on a lot of SAG sets because back then they were separate unions. I worked on a lot of SAG sets as non-SAG. I never got any waivers. They didn't do anything to help. And then I was a member of the after union. The after union helps people. Okay. Like they do things to make sure they're paying you right and everything. And then after emerged into SAG and that was how I became SAG. So I remember when SAG was 1200 a year. Now it's like fucking 2500, right? 3000 $3,000 total because both unions have merged. Okay. And then, um, but then after, like now they'll split up the payments for people. Whereas before they would make it so that people had to pay all at once. I know a lot of actors are getting speaking roles and then they're still not joining because they can't afford. And then they get another speaking role and they still don't join. Finally, they're told, hey, listen, you got to join. Yeah, because it's a violation. Also, if you hire someone who's like not SAG to do that and you're like, let's say you're a producer, you have to pay a SAG penalty. So all these actors who were like, yeah, I went in. I never had any experience in my life. They're not telling you that they had like sad cards and that people would have had to pay penalties for that. Because like Johnny Depp and other people, they do that in job interviews or, or in interviews. They act like they didn't want it. And like they had no experience when they know that they had that, you know. Interesting. The Sopranos, when, when I, I auditioned for The Sopranos and they didn't even care if you were in SAG. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. They, didn't, they, they were like... They said to me, they said, are you in SAG? I said, no. They said, it's okay. You don't have to be. Hold on. Which part did you, did you audition for like season one or what, what season? Five. Yeah. Oh, so it was like after, because that's what people said. Like people said like towards the end, it was like really hard to get anything because it was so popular by that point that everybody wanted it. I had three callbacks. Yeah. I got zero. <laughs> that's really good. I met David Chase. Really? He, How? He was there when I auditioned. Okay. Interesting. He was really, he was laughing so hard during my audition. I thought I got it because he was laughing. 
laughing so hard. I said, I, I, I came home so confident. People were like, did you get it? I said, I think so. David Chase was there and he was laughing his ass off. I probably definitely got it, but I didn't uh -huh. get it. Interesting. Um, so uh, anyway, back to Eddie Murphy. I'm going to cut this up real good like a bitch. Anyway, so um, uh, Kevin, uh, did you uh, as like as an actor, do you feel like um uh the actors in uh, Coming to America, like the like just the, the sequel, like do you feel like uh, also Frank and Ian didn't really watch it, but do you think that like the uh, dancing was good? Yes, and I think it was. I liked how it was like a who's who of famous actors, like Morgan Freeman, Wesley Snipes. Um, who else? It was like all these James Earl Jones, all these, and then like I said, Salt and Pepper and Vogue, Gladys Knight, <clears throat> all these famous people. What was your okay? Okay, what was your question again about? Do, do I think no, I, a lot of actors say they can't really dance for films? But like, how did you feel about their like stuff? Well, white people can't really dance. This is I've worked <laughs> weddings. This is how a CEO who owns like billion dollar companies dances. Who's white? Yeah. Yeah, okay. They have no rhythm. White people are taught that dancing is sexual. Okay. So tell, that to, tell, that, tell that to Bob Fosse. But like, <laughs> right? But a lot of non-white people don't have those hangups. There's a lot of good dance. white dancers. Yeah, they're off right of stare. But, but everybody, everybody could dance in that movie. They, like Morgan Freeman was an old man. He had like rhythm and stuff. Yeah. But, okay, I, I, I dance better than a lot of blacks. Okay. I, guess, well, I bet you do. I bet you do, Frank. But um, I want to point out also that this movie was directed by Craig Brewer. Um, I used to go to the University of Memphis, and he was a teacher there. I never had him. But what he also directed uh, Hustle and Flow and Black Snake Moan. And this, this movie was, like, different than that. So when he was at your university, what did he teach? Film? Cinematography? The chick I went to school with, she got married. Her name is Claire Grant. She got married to Seth Green. This okay. girl, and she had taken his class, and then she played the best friend in Black Snake Moan. I've never seen that movie. I never yeah. had Craig Brewer, but like basically, he taught there while he was like making short films, and then he like lives in Hollywood now. Okay, that, make, that makes sense. And um, I what I really liked about the film it was overall, I thought I give it a two stars, but I feel like I really like the element they brought <laughs> side characters from the first one into the new one. I didn't get to that. I didn't get that. Uh, yeah, I know. The more you go into the film, long like the more you view it, the more they bring like these like small like one scene, one line characters from the original into the new new one. Yeah, like I thought. Okay, okay, um, Mateo, have you seen you know Chappelle show and everything? Yeah, yeah of course. He does Rick James. Yeah, and I realized it was cool to see the character. Spoiler alert: the character at the end that Eddie Murphy plays, who's like the singer that was kind of like Rick James. And I was like, oh, I wonder if that's where Dave Chappelle got that from. Cause that character I think was in the original and then the preacher yeah, he guy, was. and then the barbershop people. It was cool to see like all that again. Absolutely. Arsenio, Arsenio is probably hoping that they do a third one. Cause otherwise he's not going to work again. Probably not. The only time he works. But did y'all see the Celebrity Apprentice when Arsenio Hall was on it and he won and you thought it was going to be like a comeback for his career. Yeah. And him and Clay Aiken almost kissed like five times on the show. Yeah, and you like watching that. Then you you never like then we never saw him again because I thought it was like just for TV when Arsenio Hall won that. I thought that was a TV gimmick, and then we didn't see anything. Yeah, and you that Frank. They gave him a talk show, but it didn't last. Oh uh, yeah, Arsenio Hall. Yeah, they re they brought it back for a short while. 
Oh, they, yeah. they brought it back. Okay, because the original one was a hit. Yeah, it didn't last. Nah. They put on also a weird network. They put it on CW. Well, he was he was on channel he was on channel nine originally. Yeah, but that's owned by Fox News Corp. So they put well, him he on- came along. He came along in the eighties when things were very racist and there was no black entertainers on. I know. And he he was the first person to put rap on TV. Really? Yeah. Interesting. But what happened to Sinbad, man? He was he was a big comedian too. And then I think, like, like I have a theory about this. Or like around like two thousand one, there were like people and uh, were like, "Yeah, we're tired of this." Sinbad. Yeah. He was a a very clean comedian. I guess maybe clean comedy doesn't pay off. Okay. I guess. You see, if you look at his roles in movies and shows, it all stops after two thousand one. Yeah. Yeah. He. He did like a few movies and they bombed. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he was the he was also on a season of The Celebrity Apprentice, and he was the first person fired. <laughs> Same thing with Dice. Really? Oh yeah, he couldn't make Dice the, was the first person fired. Yeah, you know, and, and, you, know and, you can't get Celebrity Apprentice episodes anymore on like any streaming service. They took all of them down. But yeah, but Trump goes, Trump goes, Andrew, you're fired. And then later on, Trump goes, yeah, Andrew Dice Clay, he had a lot of problems. And then after that, Andrew Dice Clay was in Blue Jasmine. We talked about this, Star is Born, all that yep. other stuff. He had a, it was like a com- comeback for him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, Fred, you want to talk about the lunch we just had? Okay. Yeah, bring it up. You you narrate this. We we met me. Uh, listen to this crew. It was me, Mateo, Film Nine Eight Seven, Byron, Sadiq, and Stephen Rubino. We went to Cafe Reggio for brunch. Mm-hmm. It was great. The food was excellent. Mateo projectile vomited. You know, what Mateo does. He eats in a bunch. Of, he orders enough food for a whole family. He eats it and then he goes outside and vomits. The, woman, like, the, the um, bodega next door came out like, oh, you have to clean this sh- shit up. It's like, uh, it's not on your curb and it's not on the sidewalk. It's on the street. That's the city's problem now, lady. They told you after you sick, they told you you gotta clean this up. Yeah, but I'm like, it's on, it's on the street where the cars drive. It's like, ma'am, like, it's not my problem or yours. It's the city's no, now. He, he does this all the time. He eats a lot and then he throws it up here. You have, are you still hungry? No. But you didn't, technically, you didn't eat. Yeah, no, I'm going to have a pie later, pizza. And you can throw that up? No. Yeah. I have a hard time holding in food during sunlight. Oh. Yeah. Exactly. You notice Phil, Phil Irish's goodbye. I know. I didn't even remember him saying goodbye. He didn't. He just left. What's Irish goodbye? Is that like you're, you're drunk and you leave without saying anything? Yep. That's like leaving without saying goodbye. Like yep. leaving when, when people aren't looking. Yep. I know those Italians, they kiss you on the mouth when they say goodbye. <laughs> you wish. Yep. Not uh, after projectile vomiting. Hey, hey, Kevin, if you were working for the, for the United States, uh, the New York governor, would you, uh, would you rat out Como if he hit on you? I would rat him out for other things. Yeah. Like not okay. taxing the bill, not taxing the people that make over 60 billion a year so that he taxes all of us and then doesn't do anything about the pandemic. What, also, what are you talking about? The, New York State has the highest tax percentage in the country. Yeah, but it does it does for us. And before the pandemic, there were like 1.6 
a million New Yorkers who left because he created jobs off tips and minimum wage. Yeah, yeah you're all, you're, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. are yeah. paying all the billionaires taxes that they don't want to pay. And so- hey, Kevin, do, do, you have a, do you ever miss Nashville? Not now. Okay. I mean, but Nashville, like now it's completely different. Everybody moves down there because they don't have the income tax. So yeah, oh, they don't. That's weird. I heard Chattanooga has a really blossoming comedy scene. I bet it does. Chattanooga choo-choo. But yeah, and also I don't like Cuomo because he thinks it's 1982 with like marijuana legalization. Cynthia Nixon goes, yeah, I want to bring that billion dollar industry to this state. And he looked at her like this. <laughs> it's like 1982. Like, it doesn't it's matter. Every state in New Jersey has recreational marijuana. Just take a bus and bring it back. Cuomo is very unlikable. Yes. Yes, he is. Bill I want to... Bill yeah. Mark called him Chico Marx. <laughs> uh, uh, Kevin, I want to. Yeah. Wasn't Chico Marx the one that like never made any of the movies? Yes. Yes. He okay. Was one, he was the Italian one. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin, how many white shirts do you want? It always seems like you're wearing a white shirt. I know, man. I'll wear them for you. It's my Look, Sunday best. <laughs> You you look like you you make dough in the back of a pizzeria. <laughs> I do. I make it right here. And by the way, I'm drinking water out of this. It's my water glass is broke, so it looks like I'm drinking booze. Why do you wear wife beaters? You're not even Italian. I know. This is not a wife beater, and I don't beat my wife. I wear a husband beater, Frank. I need you to you get. You are the her. wife. You are the wife. You get beaten. <laughs> <laughs> Only in Italy. Uh, yeah. In Sicily. And yeah. then I film it. It's do you do you, when when you when you're engaging in, in relations with with a male lover, do yeah. you like him when you like it when he smacks you around? <laughs> Only do, do you enjoy that? Do, do you enjoy that? No, I mean I don't know. I've never been with anybody, um, but somebody tried to spit on me once, and I don't like that. That's something <laughs> where people need to say that that's their fantasy and that they want to spit on people. Right. I, you know, I'm not into that, but some people like that, they, they have to spit on you. And I think, well, how about if a gentleman while he's doing you would like hit you with a blackjack? <laughs> with a blackjack? Yeah. But you know what a blackjack is? It's a card it's like, game. Yeah, but no, blackjack, it's a weapon. <laughs> Frank, Frank, you have some extreme fantasies, man. I'm not into, I'm not into that. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Frank, I, I think you know what a blackjack is. It's like a horse crop, right? It's something, it, it's something that they use with, uh, in a car, but Italians used to carry them around as a weapon. Okay. In the 70s. Oh, I know what you're talking about. The blackjack. Yeah, I know. Is that like yeah. a billy club or something? I don't know. It's like a billy club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, anyway, um, and I think now is a good time for me to note. Uh, let me just give my introduction. I think now is a good time for uh, intermission and now for something completely different.
That's all that's in my blood. You know what I'm saying? That's all I drink. I don't know what the fuck. You guys are probably drinking uh, Miller Lite, fucking uh, Natty Ice, whatever the fuck you guys drink up there. Because you guys are from Boston. You guys don't know how to do it. You know what I'm saying? You guys are you guys are all pussy. Next time I come up there, I'm going to probably sleep in your dorm room. I'm going to beat the fuck out of your roommate. Take his bed. You know? Because, uh, let's be honest. Let's be honest, I'm probably one of the most toughest motherfuckers you know. I fuck niggas up. Including you, Nick. So now, we'll come up there and probably smack a couple of your teachers, the professors, the fucking RAs, the deans. I don't give a fuck, because I get shit done. We pop up in this shit, motherfucker. Go fuck yourself, 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 Go fuck yourself, 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 Go fuck yourself, 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 My name is Darren Joseph. I'm a stand-up comedian and I have a card game I'd like to tell you about. The fight card game is a simple game of chance. Pick a card and you are ready to cheer for your fighter and how they win. It's a must-have for fight fans, but also for those who get invited to combat sports viewing events. Pick a card and be invested in the bout. It's simple. Great for all combat sports, MMA, UFC, Bellator, boxing and jiu-jitsu matches. Other sports have seasons, but combat sports are all year long, so you will get plenty of use. Host your own fight night party, or be a hit at a friend's by bringing the cards. They're pocket size and easy to carry. Learn more about the cards at thefightcardgame.com, or go directly to Amazon to purchase a set for $12.99. That's thefightcardgame.com. Thank you. Yes, and everyone, I made that music. Enjoy it. Yeah. I had, 
I had poached eggs with, with rice at uh, Cafe Reggio. It was delicious. Yeah, I was going to ask, because that pizza place you did before for your birthday, sorry to interrupt, that was really good. But yeah. I was going to see, what does this place have? This was like a, like a, like a espresso, espresso and Italian breakfast. Yeah. It's one, it's one of the oldest restaurants in New York City, Cafe yeah. Reggio. Do they have like a different dinner menu? I don't think so. Okay. Maybe they do. I've never, I've never eaten there later in the day. You should go for brunch. What defines an Italian breakfast? What, what is that? Um, I don't know. Uh, do you, I Googled this once. You said it's usually like requires mozzarella or ricotta cheese on certain dishes. Matteo had tiramisu and then French toast. And a crepe. And then he had, then he had two, two, <laughs> he had I two sauces. You see, so Mateo is the funniest guy to go to a restaurant with. He's so I know. Funny. They order strange things. <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, uh, Kevin, this, the screenplay, the one I let you read. That was I've, great. I've been tweaking it, adding a, a little things here and there. So yeah, what about Where do you see it going? My, my script? Yeah. Uh, I hope to shoot it in June of 2022. We're going to shoot it. And then I'm going to submit it to film, film festivals. I'm going to probably uh, at the top of my list is the Atlanta Film Festival mm -hmm. because uh, there's a bit, I think, uh, because the, it's a multiracial cast, I think it, uh, uh, that's a good environment for, this, for the film. Good. Also, people, you're not asking my opinion on this, but people from Los Angeles are all going to Atlanta now. They say, oh, uh -huh. so like you, you would get you would get opportunities because there's a lot of filmmaking yeah. stuff in Atlanta. But that, like when you read the screenplay, it was really well done. It was delightful and funny. And I'm not just saying that. Yeah, yeah Kevin, I mean, go, fully, full go into what you thought about the- But it's, it's, it's not complicated to film. Like- it's right. like, Oh yeah, it's easy, it's a breeze. It's yeah, like five I or four days. People, I know people who, who like went to the best film schools and then they write their screenplay like they're Steven Spielberg and they have a 500, they have planes taken off. They have a hundred thousand extras in the background. They have like too many things that you can't, locations in foreign countries and stuff like that. Like, and then they're, they wonder why their movies don't get made. Well, the only thing complicated about my film is there's a scene in a nightclub um, that, that wouldn't be hard to do if nightclubs were open. We could do it guerrilla style. Also, there's a scene at a high school reunion, which will require 50 extras. So that's the only two scenes that's that complicated. not complicated. Or filming in the grocery store overnight. That might be right. tricky to get that, but you can- Other than that, other than that, it's mostly two people talking. Honestly, the grocery store thing, you can easily swap that for 24 hour bodega. Yeah, but I need more space because there's a dance scene. Yeah, because okay, they okay, need okay, more. okay, okay. That's going to be a bitch to light. The grocery store at night? The dance sequence. Yeah, I'm. I'm I, read, I remember everyone listening to this. I read the screenplay, and I, I'm. I I remember the dialogue and the narr the uh, the narrative that he describes. It would be a bitch to film. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to trash you. I'm just saying. I, uh, I don't think it would be complicated. What would be complicated about it to film? To light to to make sure the lighting is in place for the dancing. Okay. Yeah. That that scene maybe yeah. yeah. Would but, you uh, like have for rest and the thrust and store lights on or not? Yeah, but also, you know, you still need a, I'm going to hire a, an electrician. Yeah. Who brings his own equipment and it'll probably take a few hours to light it before we shoot. Like to shoot the scene won't be as hard as lighting it, the preparation. 
what you, you you're planning on doing at night. So why would the preparation be such a long process? I, I'm just trying to learn. Well, she, she dances up and down the aisle, so you have to light. Oh, it has to be even a lack of shadow. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like when they shot the the scene in Goodfellas where they walk in through the copa, they yeah. had a light. They had to light the hallway, and that took several days. So it was a several. That's such a good scene. There's like no cuts. It's so meticulous. Yeah. Well, they they rehearsed it. Yeah, is yeah. that the opening scene where, you, like, you see all the characters and everything? No, the scene where he's taking her in the back of the copa and they enter through the kitchen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it's one take, but they probably rehearsed it a hundred times. Probably. They spent a week doing it. <sighs> you know what I read? I read that during the Irishman. You know the scene where they're driving and Joe Pesci's like, "Put out the cigarette." Yeah. That 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 was three weeks. Three weeks for what? Yeah. The, the facialization? Just the whole shot of them driving down the highway. They took three weeks to film that. I guess it paid off. For, I would honestly give the Irishman three stars. I, yeah. I, I, I would give it less. Okay. Uh, can, can I interject something here? Yeah. Um, this is why like, I love Martin Scorsese's final products. I love all of his movies' final products. But this is why he doesn't get movies made now, because every day that he works is over 20 hours, even if it's a scene in a living room, because he does uh, way too many takes and he goes over budget like too much. Like I knew people that were background actors in the first two episodes of Boardwalk Empire that Scorsese directed, and they did not know he does 20 hour days. And the background people got so many overtimes in that that they each got paid $1,000 a day. That's that's how much over budget he went. And he can't Clint make a movie. Clint Eastwood is the opposite. Clint Eastwood shoots everything in one take and he's done in eight hours. Yeah. But like Clint Eastwood's newer films are garbage. But that's why um, Scorsese, that's why now like he can't make a movie for under $50 million because he does too many overtimes like that. And even he if it's a thing with no special effects, Woody Allen does, does one take. I know. Yeah, exactly. And so, like these new filmmakers that don't do the wide shot, the medium shot, and the close up, and that don't do twenty-hour days, they get their films made quicker, even though they're not as famous. I like it when <clears throat> it's just a master shot, and that's it. Mm. Whenever, whenever I watch a film and there's no cut into a close up, and there's no over the, there's no cutting around. I'm like that's a be- that's a great director right there because yeah when you do all the coverage like I think that's hacky. I think. Like the opening shot of Boogie Nights. Have you seen that? Boogie, 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 Nights, Boogie Nights is great. Yeah, like absolutely. The yeah, yeah, shot yeah. Where, the opening shot where they're playing the song and you you meet all the characters in that. That's a really good shot. Yeah. Yeah, it's also it's also copied from Goodfellas. It is. Paul Thomas Anderson is one of the most. I like him, but he's very unoriginal. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I was just thinking about when you were bringing this up, originality. It's like, the only thing I can think of a directors who are the most original right now are the Shafir brothers, but I do agree with you that they're highly overrated in a lot of aspects of the earlier works. I like Eliza. I like Eliza Hitman. Okay. I don't know who that is. I've seen the name. She but I did uh, Never Rarely, Sometimes Maybe. Okay. And she did a movie called Beach Rats, which, which you would like, Kevin. It's about gay men. Uh, and Frank seen it. He knows all about it. I bet they beat each other with Billy Clown. No, I, I, it's about a it's about a, a gay boy. You would like it, but um, also she did a movie. That she did a movie called a lot. It, it felt like love. Um, what, what was that? Frank. I think I've seen. I've not seen or heard of. Uh, what's that about? 
It's about a teenage girl who's discovering her sexuality. Okay. Okay. Oh wow! Yeah. I, hope I have to look into that. He's <laughs> <laughs> discovering. Look into it. Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I really like when a director has a, a consistent voice. Yeah. And uh, Eliza Hetman really has a consistent voice. Yeah. Well, what, what is her voice like? Is it like feminist or shit? Like you're? No, you're, I wouldn't say feminist. Out? I would just say socially conscious. Socially conscious. Not, 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 not political. Uh, yeah. not, not, I wouldn't even say feministic. Just socially conscious, but uh, thoughtful, considerate, but but just you know, very intelligent and very uh, cinema verite. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I I've never heard of her. I'm gonna probably after edit this watch her stuff on uh, streaming. She has she she made three films. Okay. She also teaches film at Columbia. Oh wow! So that yeah. would be you would learn something from her class. Okay. Speaking of feminine films and whatnot, have have you seen pieces of a woman yet on Netflix? No, I heard I heard it's tough to watch. But the lady, the actress, okay, she plays American in it, and she played Princess Margaret on The Crown. She was yeah, yeah, yeah. in real life. But she said she wanted to make a movie like A Woman Under the Influence. Okay. So, like, it, it has nothing to do with She wanted to make, like, a gritty American independent film like that. Yeah. And so when you see that in her acting, like, it's really good. But it's basically, like people want to have a baby through a midwife something happens through the midwife they want to blame the midwife for it because they didn't want to go to the hospital and the movie's sad but <clears throat> it taught me stuff about that but like the acting was good and a woman under the influence i would like to rewatch that one but that one was kind of creepy from the 70s it's a horror film right a woman under the influence no it's a, a drama about a, a woman having a nervous breakdown yeah, I, I, I saw the trailer of that, and I kept thinking this is a weird horror film. But I, like, I looked it up, and it's not a horror film. It's like John Cassavetes, and like, yeah, yeah. It's, like, I, I, think, I legitimately you know, remember seeing the trailer for it, thinking it was a horror film. I never it's, saw it's, it. It's, it's one of Cassavetes' most known films, but in my personal opinion, it's not. It's not his best. Okay. But wasn't he married to Jenna Rollins, and they like? Yeah. It's not uh, one of my favorites of John yeah, Cassavetes. Exactly. I, I like Minnie and Moskowitz. See, I haven't seen well, that. What, what did she do? She plays another uh, eccentric. Uh, uh -huh. he, he makes movies about mentally unstable people. Like, all the characters are usually mentally, mentally yeah. unstable. I've only seen two of his things, and I can't remember what they were. He did a movie called Husbands, which is great. I did see that one. Yeah. All, all his movies are watchable. They're, they're very um, challenging because he doesn't follow the rules of structure. Yeah. He doesn't follow... Uh, you know any of the rules of filmmaking structure so they're a little challenging to watch because you're waiting for like turning points and they never happen right like in a woman under the influence i think that's the only cassavetes i've seen i've seen him acting in rosemary's baby but as far as directing and um the movie is like slow but it's her performance it's really good so yeah and also peter fork uh, Frank, I, I was just wondering. I was, I was going to ask this at lunch, but I think it's better on a podcast for hearing your reaction. You ever, you ever delve into Guillermo de Toro's films? I've never seen anything of his. Okay, okay. Doesn't he make like fantasy films? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not into that. I know, but he has a few realistic non-fantasies. I wonder if you saw. Usually, when a director is fantastical, I just don't pay attention. Okay, okay. Sorry, Mateo, am I allowed to ask you a question? Or yeah, sorry? sure. Shoot it. Okay. 
Okay, because, okay, back to, I wanted to ask you this from the jump, back to Eddie Murphy, because I remember this time, what was it, last year, I asked you about Dolomite. Yeah, I love Dolomite. Oh, my God. What are you talking about? So good. Because you told me, you told me, I don't do a good Mateo impersonation, but he goes, yeah, Kevin, it's fat people in drag. I've seen Eddie Murphy, Murphy, all he does for, like, decades was, like, fat drag, like, it's, like, like, fat suits and drag. And Eddie, so, Murphy, Eddie Murphy is fat. Yeah, I guess. Now he's got a, a little stomach. But anyway, so, when you saw Coming to America, did because I liked the differentiation of the characters, but I still have not seen Dolomite. So was it was Coming to America too? Was it? What well, I think Dolomite's way better, like phenomenally way better. Okay, I haven't seen it. Yet. Eddie Eddie Murphy has the gut of like a, a bus driver. Yeah, he kind of has a Tracy Morgan stomach. If he's going to be a movie star, shouldn't he get in shape? I guess it depends on who you are as an actor. I guess comedy less than if you're a drama. But I mean, every, he's famous. Movie, his last couple of movies, I really noticed how big his stomach is. Yeah, he has but, the stomach of like a, a lazy, blue-collar husband. I guess, but like, what do you, like, what, like, there are plenty of comedy actors like the Adam Sandler... Kevin James. He, you know, uh, I think that Eddie Murphy is fatter <clears throat> than Adam Sandler. Yeah, I agree, but I'm like, they both had that like. Yeah, he, he used to be in shape. He used I know. To be in shape. <laughs> well, the older you get, the more your body breaks to, down. He, well, look at me. I'm fucking fifty. I know you're the, you're the exception. You're phenomenal. Shit, I'm, I'm <laughs> waiting for my break. What yeah. you I'm, still wait, I'm still waiting for success to hit me over the head. Trust me, this podcast gets a lot of listens. It's going to come to you eventually. <laughs> what yeah. are you going to do? I don't know. Hey, Kevin, are you, uh, you going to do stand-up when, when things start up again? I'm doing stand-up now, man. I got two shows. I asked Mateo to be on my show recently, but he, he, he was full that day. So. I was, yeah, I actually really was. But I, I still I still want Mateo to be on it. Frank's already been on it. Sit down yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to go on it. I just need to like like message you when I'm okay because I'm doing a lot of work right now. No, it's cool. I had to reschedule. This is off topic, but I got vaccinated last Monday. Yeah, good for you. I, I got, it knocked me on my ass and I didn't, what, I had did symptoms. You had a rectal thermometer? <laughs> No, it was with the Billy Club. Um, it was no man, but I had symptoms the next day they didn't tell me about, and it was awful. And so, like, whenever you get vaccinated, like, don't plan anything the next day. It was, and then my cousin it hit him. With and it, I didn't feel anything. Yeah, because I felt this is what I felt. I felt body pressure, and I felt um, my internal organs constricting and compressing and pushing up against my stomach, which created excessive nausea. Okay. Like even like having a conversation, like I couldn't do it. It was real bad. And so I just had to reschedule everything. So it was, it was intense, but Interesting. like, I didn't know other people were like, yeah, I was fatigued. Mine was not, mine was more. Yeah. Extreme I guess it's your genetics. It, like, that's what it breaks down to. I'm Canadian, the Scottish, Irish, Eskimo, Native American, Tennessee, all that. Canadian might as well just be American B plus. I know, man. But I got the Ojibwe Native American through the Canadian and the French Canadian and okay. through the Canadian. Yeah. So yeah. In other words, like white, he's a white man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Italian people tan. I don't. Yeah, I know. We do. We're, I said to Frank, I'm not going to repeat it. 
I'm thinking about taking a vacation for a couple of days to uh, North Carolina. I know. I'm telling Kevin. Okay. What's going on in North Carolina? I'm thinking about going to Asheville. People say that's supposed to be great. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to stay at the bed and breakfast and uh, go hiking and, you know, work on my screenplay and, and you know, be at one with nature. But and people also say the comedy scene is really good there, too. People say that people that were regular comics in New York are like headliners there. I heard the comedy scene is good. I heard also the indie music scene is good. Oh, see, that's cool. Yeah, I heard it's just a fun. I heard it's just a fun place. Interesting. And it's uh, it, it's it's like it's got it's like culture, but it's also got nature. So it's like a come. Usually when you go somewhere rural, there's no culture. Yeah, but, but think, that's supposed to be like a city on a mountain. Yeah. So, Frank, what you, if you go there, um, are you gonna rent a car or Uber places? I'm gonna Uber places. Okay. Okay. Everything's five minutes away. I I know. I, I'm just assuming because you got to pick one. Also, uh, one of the one of the attractions there, and I'll I'll visit. I might as well. One of the attractions is Thomas Wolfe's house. Thomas Wolfe is who again? He's a novelist. Okay. He was a novelist. What did he write? Because I recognize the name, but I don't know. What he wrote, look, look, Homeward Angel. He, uh, his house is called the Old Kentucky Home, but it, he wrote. Uh, he, he, he made the. You ever hear the phrase "You can't go home again"? Yeah. He coined that. Interesting. He was like he's he's known as the greatest American writer, better than Hemingway, better than F. Scott Fitzgerald. He's considered the greatest American writer. Interesting. What year was he writing? Uh, I think the uh, early 1900s. That makes sense. That if he's like better than Hemingway, you yeah. have to give us some like a point. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. What else is there? The, uh, you know, a lot of people are from there. Roberta Flack is from there. Okay. Did you know Roberta Flack is from from Asheville? She's fucking great. Okay. You know Roberta Flack, right? No. Kevin, you know her. Yeah, she was in the Supremes, right? No, or- oh, she's saying "Killing Me Softly." <laughs> okay. Yeah. But sure. I, I remember Dominic Leonelli, the comedian, talking. I'm talking about a, a famous a black diva singer. I figured the gay guy is going to know who I'm talking about. <laughs> she was a singer. You yeah. don't know that. You don't know that much. Yeah, about but her. I remember Dominic Leonelli. Dominic Leonelli was saying how he did. He was like a dog walker for something in her her apartment or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was so impressed with that when he told me that. I was, I was like, oh my god, I would have loved to be her dog walker. I don't know, man. If I was ever a dog walker for Roberta Flack, oh my God, that would be my dream come true. Yeah. I love Roberta Flack. But she, Thank lives you. In the, she lives in the Dakota building where John Lennon got killed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is my podcast. So let us be idiots. I'm joined today by Fran Terranova and Byron Sadiq. We just got back from seeing Joker at the theater, the picture house, I like to call it. And this is our take on our view. Yeah, it was. Uh... It was something else. I, I got to tell you, I didn't have any expectations, and I'm shocked uh, what I saw. I yeah. think everyone is. Yeah, I'm still like kind of recovering. I knew, I I know from watching it, I was like, I know Frank is gonna love this. So I, I already know you're gonna like it, but I'm not. I, I kind of know how, but I didn't know. I I guess I you know I didn't do I didn't do any research because I don't follow comic book movies. Yeah, yeah, this is a. I must say, it's not really like a comic book movie. No, they, they've never made a film about a villain before, right? A villain has never had their own film before. Oh uh, yeah, Brightburn. Okay. Brightburn. The it's an independent uh, release. It's like a parody of Superman's story, but in reverse. It was evil. Oh, that sounds awesome. But um, it was. It's a rated R film, clearly. 
Um, I'm really shocked. It's it's in the DC universe. Right? Yeah. It, 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 was it made by DC Studios? Uh, Warner Brothers owns DC, so I guess assume so. Because uh, kids can't go see it. No. No, hell no. Hell that's, no. A, that's the first thing I thought to myself after I saw it. I was like, okay, uh, kids can't go see this movie. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, the, we were talking about this earlier. They're only the second only DC film to be rated R is Watchmen. This is far superior than Watchmen. Oh, yeah. It was great. Uh, if my, I have a critique. It's yeah, uh, yeah. thought it took a little long to get going. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I thought... You could shave 20 minutes off this movie. There was a lot. Yeah, a the lot. first, the beginning of the movie is, is slow. And then the first killing is exciting. And then it gets slow again. again. Mm. And then it gets great. Great, great. Yeah, it's great again. It, it yeah. was, uh, but that's like, I think films are starting to copy TV with the long form story. Yeah. Because clearly there's going to be a sequel. Clear, yeah, it's going to be Batman or something. Like. Yeah, and um, they, they, this is the origin story of the Joker. And, yeah. uh It's, um, they, they took elements from all three. Uh, like Joker, uh, Based novels, Arkham Asylum, Killing Joke, and I'm forgetting the other one. Uh, there's uh, there's another one. It's like a, a a back sequel. They recently came out. It was like Killing Joke something by Alan Moore and the other guys. I'm not really. Yeah, I know, I know, I know you're not. I'm just, I'm blanking the audience. If they listen to this, can Google it themselves. I um I said to Matteo in the theater. There's a scene where uh, these three Wall Street guys uh, come on and start wrecking havoc. And before the movie, uh, when that first happened, I was like, oh, I know what I'm going to talk about on the podcast. I'm going to talk about how it's not realistic for white people to act like thugs on the subway. But then, especially since it's 1981, and I, they're being PC because they're not making the thieves Puerto Rican and black. But then, <laughs> as, as the movie played on, I realized it, it, it had a point. Yeah. That the Joker killed the rich. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah so they, they can throw that theory out. I was very happy to come in here and complain about... Uh, PC casting, but that's not what it was. No, yeah. it was no. It was, it was very, it was a very classist movie, and like, I like that they did that. That like it was really about like the class, and it wasn't like okay, fucking minorities are amazing and white yeah. people are evil. Like I like that it was a little more nuanced than that. I've seen um, most of the Batman movies, um, and I'm a big fan of the Batman TV show. Yeah, big fan of the Batman TV show. Which one? The one with Adam Sizzle West. Man, yeah, Sizzle Sizzle I love it. Okay, that's my. That's my Batman. Yeah. Uh, but I love this. And I haven't liked a single Batman film. I haven't liked a single Batman film. So this is the first time I've liked a Batman film, even though Batman, well, he's in it as a little boy. But this is the first Batman movie I liked. Yeah. This is the first one I liked. It You're was gonna, so over the top. I know, I yeah. know. The violence, I don't know. Are we going to do spoilers? I want it. Uh, yeah, let's just do it anyway. Everyone already knows. I already, spoil, yeah. yeah. It was put so, a spoiler I mean, alert on the fucking I, thing. I think uh, it's safe to say that Joaquin Phoenix is going to be nominated. Oh, Joaquin Phoenix. He's going to be nominated, clearly. I, I was, because I was a little skeptical watching this because I was like, man, I love the Heath Ledger uh, uh, performance yeah. as Joker in The Dark Knight, but this might actually be better. It is. I, I think um, it is. I liked it a lot. Uh, I still have to say my favorite Joker is Cesar Romero from the Cesar TV Romero. show. Yeah, really? I yeah. mean, I, I, I yeah. haven't seen the show in such a long time. I, I it, watched it, it as a it's kid. It's a but. very different energy, like from like the transition from like Batman Begins and um, the Tim Burton stuff to like this dark stuff they're producing. Well, the yeah. the what do you call it? The um, who's the guy who directed Memento? Christopher Nolan. Yes. His Batman's are way better than Tim Burton's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah. Tim Burton's Batman is like Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they like they were good movies, though. I mean, yeah. they, were, they were good, but it you, wasn't. You were saying uh, comic book fans and writers shouldn't direct these films. I think you're right, because what I've seen from Frank Miller is a fucking atrocity. Uh, you know, uh, this guy who directed the movies, uh, 
He's a comedy director who stopped yeah. doing comedy because of the PC movement. Yeah, yeah. That's Todd, true. Phillips. And Todd Phillips. He's a great. He, I mean, one of my favorite films is Old School. Yeah. Um, and Road Road Trip with the great Amy Smart. Yeah. Uh, I love Amy Smart. But um, this movie is just really fantastic. It's not really a comedy. Um, I expected I ex- I expected more humor because the director is a comedy director, but yeah. it was played straight. Uh, the violence is so over the well, top. It's ridiculous. That, yeah. that it makes you laugh. Yeah. It made me, well, I, was, yeah. I think I was the only one laughing. The three of us were. Like, Bob, yeah, why don't yeah. you tell Frank's remark during the trailers? Oh, that was the best because <laughs> we're watching the trailers and apparently there's a new uh, Hansel and Gretel, Gretel movie, movie, but it was uh, in the, in the, in the trailer, it's, it was worded Gretel and Han- Gretel and Hans- Hansel, Gretel, and- Gretel and Hansel, whatever the fuck. And Frank's like, Gretel and Hansel, it's fucking feminist bullshit. <laughs> and we, yeah. us three started laughing our balls off. They got a movie coming out called Batwoman, a TV show called Batwoman. That's so PC. Why? Yeah. I'm coming out on my own. It's called Bat Bitch. I was watching a few days ago the Keith Ledger Joker, and I just realized for the first time how fucking creepy it is. You didn't. You didn't. I never. Oh, re- well, I never. It took a while for you to realize he just looked normal to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The Riddler was my favorite. The Riddler's worst crime in a comic franchise, most notable, was holding a bus hostage, just telling riddles. Yeah. Yeah. He was my favorite figure. I had the action figures in the seventies. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he and then Jim Carrey played the Riddler in the yeah, movie. Yeah, destroyed it for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like the Riddler. Jim Carrey's the Riddler. He, I mean, he's a great comedian. You heard? Yeah, um, yeah, totally. What's his name? Uh, Jonah Hill is going to play the Penguin, which is perfect. Oh, yeah. And what? The next Batman movie? Yeah. Yeah. Who's directing it? I don't know. I don't know. That actually could, that could be interesting because yeah. I, that's I all, love Batman. But that's I all they do now is make superhero movies. That's it. Well, well they, they gotta make the, money, man. The, exactly. The time is the money. <laughs> Here's the thing. Another thing about the movie, if I if I could be serious, yeah. uh, it's shot in a lot of different places. Yeah. So uh, there's one scene where he's running in the street and it's, he's in Jackson Heights. Then he gets hit by a car. Oh. And now suddenly he's on Jerome Avenue in the Bronx. Bronx. Then he runs up the staircase and he's in 18th Avenue. Avenue. He gets off the train. He's on Queens Boulevard. Wait, where was that staircase? Is that the Bronx? Yeah, that's the Bronx. The the staircase was in uh, Washington Heights. Oh, that's Washington Heights. Yeah. no shit. But, uh, but and then it's in Coney Island. He's, uh-huh. it's all. You know that movie must have took forever to make because they shot it in ninety five different locations. Right. They what they said in Rolling Stone is they have um, locations like they like they would shoot every scene not in order. So every scene in that area yeah. was shot in there and they cut it together like a puzzle. Yeah, it, it looked like old New York because they just found little pieces where it is. Yeah. That's yeah. why I knew you'd have a hard on for it because it looks so New York. <laughs> it looked very New York. It's more well, authentic than the dude. It was, where a train- was that train station when he shot those guys. Which train station was that they shot it at? I'm pretty oh. sure it was a J, like downtown. No, no, that was a, that was a train station that never got finished. On Ninth Avenue, there's a train uh, in Brooklyn? Uh, underground. No, in Manhattan. Oh, uh, and they never finished it, and they went down there to shoot it. Oh wow! They really? have a whole family living down there. Oh really? Wow. What they don't speak English? Is that where the Ninja Turtles lived. <laughs> no, part two. Secret well, it, on, in the underground subway that was never finished, there's a family that lives down there, and they have people that they they made a movie about it, and they got people that they send to go get food, but mostly they stay down there. Interesting. Yeah. Or Julie, the, the, the survivors, all the homeless people, Giuliani had allegedly killed. <laughs> oh, I needed to. I, I was. I got sidetracked. There's a chewy, out of all the hysteria out of his fucking film. It's like the modern day reefer madness. And honestly, and I was thinking about it. I was looking on the internet and uh, comics just saying stuff about it, and I think. Colin Quinn had the best take on it on Twitter. And I won't buy and read it because I stutter when I read. Uh, one don't you stutter. All right, let me read this for uh, our autistically challenged. Colin Quinn. <clears throat> problem, I have, <laughs> problem I have with the Joker movie. It gives the idea that if a comedian continually fails to make an audience laugh, he's going to go on a killing spree to get revenge against society. If that was the case, Todd Berry would be Pol Pot. <laughs> but I haven't seen it yet, so won't judge. 
Choke is a good movie. Yeah, right? it is. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> Frances Conway played his mom. She's a good, legendary character actress. She she seemed like the same age as Joaquin though, because they're trying to like always. No, play she's young. old. Really? Yeah. She looked kind of. She looked like she was like forty two. You know, uh, white woman. You she's know. seventy or something like that. Oh. Yeah. Well, she but, must uh, age really well for a white chick. You know, it was interesting, and it wasn't really clear until it wasn't clear at first. Uh, he imagined. That whole relationship. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I saw that coming because it just seems so off. Like, Yeah, I was like, you know what I was thinking? Because I'm very selfish. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a girlfriend. And I'm like, look, even though a psychotic guy like that could get a girlfriend. Yeah. But, <laughs> but then it turned out he was... And it made sense because his mother was delusional. So he inherited her delusional. Yeah. So when, when, when she said, what are you doing in my living room? Aren't you the guy who lives across the hall? I was like, oh, wait a minute. He imagined that whole thing. Oh, he imagined? That's what really happened. No, he imagined no, that, the was, relationship. that was imaginary. Oh, oh wow. you didn't pick up on it? I didn't pick out him. Yeah, yeah, because he was imagining the same thing. But you know, at first I was like, you know, he's a cop, he's a he's a clown at work. He got caught with a gun at, uh, in a children's hospital. Then the clown kills people, and nobody suspects him. And I was like, I was like, and at first I was like, that was making me mad. But then they do suspect him. But it took a while for that. You know, that's why I say the first. This movie is two hours. I think it could have been an hour and forty. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, too. But, it was very long. But then, I feel like the, there's some things like the one thing I didn't like though is that like they didn't really set up like the whole clown like fucking riot. Like they didn't like set up that all this like the clown was becoming a symbol for like the social unrest. It just kind of came out of nowhere. People are they, they didn't show him doing stand up much. They showed him yeah. some yeah. stand up once. Yeah, that, that was most really. He got booked at a comedy club and he ain't really done any mics. And he, got, he opened up his pad. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. What is this, Brooklyn? Yeah, no. Oh. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> Still, still funnier than a lot of mics and most mics. In a lot Brooklyn. of comics yeah. in the movie: Sam Morell, yeah. Gria Barnes, Gary Brian, Goleman, Brian Callen. The, Brian the Callen. little person or midget is actually comic Britain. Oh, yeah. I thought that was nice that he let the midget go. Yeah, I, yeah. I, that was scary as shit. I thought that he was, was gonna kill him. Yeah, that was so. I was, was thinking he's gonna, scene. I thought he was gonna pick him from out the window like a midget. <laughs> no, I thought that was nice that he let the midget yeah. go. I love that. Yeah, you know, that helped you to like him. Yeah, because yeah. I, I like the Joker. He he he's very he's very uh you know he had a hard life yeah, yeah. I I thought it was great too that they then not only did they have the midget but like they they still did midget jokes yeah. they weren't trying to like PC it up and be like no, oh no, here's no, our yeah. a differently sized friend yeah. who we treat equally yeah, no they call him a fucking midget yeah. I like, think that was, I think that was the time I think if they would have screened this movie as is I think they should have said all right. With the with the beginning part, like ch- uh, shorten it, yeah, and and you could even add another killing to make it more. It's long. It's really. I would have liked yeah. more action. Yeah, it's, it's. I don't think it needed action. I think it was very much like a very. It's like, two film and a half. It's two film. hours, fifteen minutes. It's a long. There was, movie. There was only there was, there was only there was only three or four murders. Five. Five. Yeah, could have yeah. been more. I'm used to Friday Thirteenth. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. Well, I think it was it was just a great like character piece. Like it was so it was so well done that I don't really I didn't really. Bother it was me. very uh, derivative of, yeah. of Raging Bull. No, not Raging Bull. It was very derivative of Taxi, Taxi Driver, Driver yeah. as well as King of Comedy. And also, uh, uh, Michael falling down a bit too. I was going to say that Michael Douglas and falling down. Yeah, because Joker is a man on a mission, a man who had enough. You know, the the, the ending is a has a like uh, like when she says, "What's what's the joke?" And he said, "You would you wouldn't get it." They should have cut the black right there. Yeah, and no, the cut movie. It, yeah, that, that would have been, great. been more dra- dramatic. But then instead, they showed him. Did he kill that lady? No, yeah. <laughs> no. But you know, do, do you think he killed that lady? Yeah, he might have. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Yeah. As so. an, as anybody knows who has seen Batman movies, Joker eventually is on the street again. Yeah. So, uh, how does he get out of jail? And the 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 way the, the spoiler uh, the the riot with the people mass are his followers. He has yeah. a, domin- a dominion people who agree with. His but when message. I when I have seen Batman, 
Joker was on the street, but he wasn't like an, he wasn't like on the run. He was just committing crime. He wasn't like it's it's different. He wasn't a crime boss. He wasn't he wasn't like a, a escape from jail. He was out of prison. It, yeah, it, yeah. On Batman, like the Joker wasn't a criminal who was on the run. He was which a crim- which Joker are you basically like which series like what? Uh, in all the movies, right? He's not on the run. He's just I. He happens to be just a a, a criminal. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, completely. So, but in this one, he killed so many people. How could he ever get out of jail? Well, there, there's in the video game Arkham Asylum when Joker escapes, he has an army of uh, insane people who uh-huh. follow him as their god and savior, a cult leader. Right. And they're implying that his cult army is backing him, to protecting him. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So in, I, in 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 the Joker, the Tim Burton Joker, and the Christopher Nolan Joker, was he uh, escaped from jail? What was this? No, he's, no, he's no. Just a crime guy, just a, like a. Crime so they, that's and a Christopher Nolan Joker never explained. Yeah, yeah. They never explained. They, they, I feel like I don't care about those. Yeah, yeah. I'm only into this one. This one was good. This one's great. But you know what I thought was interesting? I thought like when when the other guy in the mask killed the the Wayne parents, I thought like that guy was going to be the next Joker and then the, this dude was just sort of like a figurehead or a symbol. Well, that that, that's like Jigsaw. Yeah, I like, know yeah. it's really interesting about that because uh, uh, DC Comics said well, two years ago that in the J- Batman universe, in the comic series, there are three Jokers that rotate positions at once. Oh, okay. I thought it was great. I yeah. mean... Uh, I had no expectations. I've done no research. I never watch any of these movies. <laughs> I, the reason I went to see it is because Mateo asked me to go see it with him because he wanted to do a podcast about it. He thought it'd be interesting if I went to see it. Otherwise, I never would have saw it. I know. Well, let me ask you this, uh, Frank. What do you think is better, this or Once Upon a Time Hollywood? Oh, Once Upon a Time. Oh, no, really? no, there's no argument. Once Upon a Time. Actually, I think I like this one better. Yeah, it's yeah, darker. It, I, it was so dark, but it was like well done. It just looked, it looked amazing. It was, it was really emotional. Like I was, uh, I was yeah. gonna cry in that movie. I haven't seen a lot of films this year, but I, I saw three that I like. I like The Joker, okay, obviously. Yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Hollywood and Booksmart. But the yeah, Bushwork is good. Well, Bushmore you said there's really... three Jokers that rotate. Yeah, from what I understand, DC Comics um, writers put under the DC Comic Official Universe website that um, the Jokers like rotate and hiding. So like when one goes in the shadows, another one comes out. And they're somehow uh, all connected like this ring of so they can't trace. Face. I feel. I, I feel like the Joker. I feel like the Joker of the comedy scene because like I, uh, I feel like the outsider. I can easily paint your face up on Photoshop. I feel like the outside that everybody steps on. Yeah. Be the jo- he looks kind of like the Joker from Arkham Asylum, like the same face. Yeah, I was just thinking, but yeah. I, can, I can paint it up on Photoshop and stuff. Cool. Yeah. You want me to do it, Frank? Make no. Put it- <laughs> I don't know. I'm but too they old. have to be the guinea Joker, so I don't know. What if I was like. in Batman, I think the only role I could play is uh, Alfred, the Butler. The Butler. Yeah, but you're not British. Does, hey, does he have to? Does he have to be British? The one yes. on TV wasn't British. He could be like the guinea version. You know, wear like, I'll a, be like, like a mafia suit with be the like, big uh, lapels. Mr. Wayne, guess what? Big ZD again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Kenny Mr. Alfred Alfredo. No, yeah. <laughs> Ma- Master Wayne, your eggplant parmesan is ready. <laughs> <laughs> Master Wayne, some men just want to watch the open mic burn. <laughs> Alfredo, I need. I want them. These, I want them to make a, I want them to make a gay Robin, because he's clearly gay. Probably. So what's the point? Because it's uh, very tiny. No, we did. No, we did that comic. In the eighties, there were two doors a comic when they replaced Robin. Um, got jealous of the new Robin that Bruce Wayne adopted. So the third year one kidnapped the fifteen year one, tortured him, him in the head with a curl pipe, and dyed his hair. Uh, the, the original Robin had a uh, um, blonde hair, but mm-hmm. let it grow out. So he dyed it back and took his place. And and then the series just went on. Robin yeah. is a twink, apparently. Yeah, it was kind of obvious. Look at the outfit. <laughs> yeah. Tights. Yeah. 
closing out the episodes of an outro is always kind of difficult for me, way more than making an intro. But I'm going to try to be smooth and short and sh- close to the point with this. I'm not going to shill my website or any merch like I did in the past for filler because I feel like filler is just bad. There's always a place and a point for it, but this is neither the place or point for it now. But filler does have its points on podcasting. We've been seeing this little point about filler is filler, and I say that's meta of me. Anyway, this has been another episode of Let Us Be Idiots, as well as the miniseries of the Throwing Terranova Sagas, part three. I'm going to cut it. Danger! Representing on Let Us Be Idiots podcast. Let's go! Let's go! They ask me how I do it, keep them coming with that hot flame. Oh, Dang, no. take the reins, act a fool with my pin pains. Only place I do it is the show that gets the silliest. What? Tired of being stuffy, so I say, let us be idiots. Y'all about to know that I'm the monster with the sick flow. Call me PMS, probably million stacking. Oh no, let's go. Drop a lava rocks, burning infinite. Keep these bastards angry, angry bastards just don't give a ish. Lighting their ways up, bring the real deal. I feel we too much. Make them all squeal, mohill in my clutch. Make them out and now, Ruby lighting it up. Got you saying, well, Lang B, you be raw, that's a real gift. That's a real gift. But I'ma stay a fool, so let's be idiots. Let's be idiots. I'ma stay a fool, let us be idiots. Let us be idiots. I'ma stay a fool, let us be idiots.